Alright guys, welcome back to Saiyan Society. Uh, today it's, well, originally what happened was is our file got corrupted when we tried to record this episode previously. Uh, and because of that, and the way that the schedule worked out, it's just me and Jachik, uh here today. We're going to be talking about My Hero first, ep uh, chapter 368. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we open up with this uh, color page that, uh, you know. Yeah, fan servers <laughs> for no reason. Yeah, man, like when you're, you know, your chapters aren't hitting like the same, you know, sometimes you just gotta, yeah, just gotta hit them with fan up, service. Make it up with a half naked little girl. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways uh yeah. like even with me saying that it was a pretty decent chapter um you know it's like pretty cool that we get to see deku using like all of the quirks essentially yeah yeah all at once yeah this first panel was, was sick yeah with like all you can see all of them like flowing out of him yeah um just going through the chapter uh i guess really quickly you can kind of like deku's pretty much trying to figure out if like shigaraki's like actually still like there like if uh if it all for one know, hasn't taken over exactly and um the, essentially mirio tells him that like you know previously when they were um fighting fighting and he was like what would you call it? A taunting. Taunting him that yeah. like Shigaraki or I guess, you know, they found out that Shigaraki is potentially still there because of the way he reacted. Yeah, because like all for one wouldn't fall for a taunt like that. Exactly. And then uh, All Might's predecessor ends up, you know, confirming that he is still like in there. In there. And uh, it, it kind of gives Deku, like, a moment to, you know, like, he can actually fight the way that he wants to, knowing that, like, you know, All for One ha hasn't completely taken over. Yeah, yeah, like, he can save this person. Ascent, yeah. And, uh, you know, as we continue to go through the chapter, we see uh, Deku pretty much putting two quirks together, essentially. Yeah. Um. To create uh, the black chain, he put the black whip and Fajin. that yeah that quirk together to make the black chain, which is um, really cool. It is pretty cool, like how you can see him like adding two things together to create like a uh, a stronger, more enhanced version. Yeah, and then um, you know where we get to see a new quirk. Uh, yeah, his second transmission. Yeah, the second's transmission. And um, this one kind of got trolled online a little bit because yeah. of uh, One Piece and Luffy and, like, you know. But also, but, like, it reminds me of Gone from Hunter. Yeah, the, the yeah. stance he takes 100%. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, he goes second gear, third gear, top gear. And, like, it, we, we spoke about it, like, in our in the podcast that know it got messed up yeah but the way that this one works is like he's able to change the target speed 
like whatever that target is like and that speed of that target whenever he touches them yeah. and you guys were saying that like it's kind of similar to the kinetic energy one yeah it's it's very similar to the rajin one the raijin however you want to say it but the kinetic energy one where you can just like hold up and store kinetic energy and then move faster and you can potentially do do that to other things and stop their kinetic energy so it's like to me it's like lazy yeah creativity type of thing yeah like a creativity type of thing but yeah the, i mean the these panel where he hits top gear it's similar to all might in season one when he you know fucks up the the nomu and it's like yeah, yeah. it looks very similar so it's kind of comparing how far deku has gone and like how all might was back then right I mean, these last two pages, like the panels where he goes gear shift, like overdrive. Yeah. The way that looks as he's like, you know, blasting past uh, Shiggy and then he hits him with a Detroit smash. Yeah. And, um, you know, you kind of see like the first kind of uh, appearing and he's like, brother, uh, let today be the day that we end this. Yeah. And then Deku hits him with a Detroit smash to like... My point of like, um, it kind of just seems like he wants to end this as fast as possible. Yeah. But like, I've, we know damn well that like there's going to be a moment where like the villains just kind of go crazy like after this. Like, there's no way that like, you know. It's just this one side sided. Yeah, this one sided. Yeah. Like, surely, you know, all for one goes crazy and, you know. Like we were saying in the last pod that like it's either going to end with like, like not, not end, but like a pump fake with like Deku dying or something. Or yeah, uh, I was saying that my theory is that like Deku's uh, going to end the series quirkless. Yeah, which makes sense. And the way he's like, like he his body with the quirks. Exactly. Yeah. And like um, it just kind of makes sense that like, you know, if you take all for one out, you take one for all. Yeah. You know, like, he'd still reach, like, the greatest hero feat, right? Mm-hmm. So, you, the narration that we get at the beginning is still, like, true. Yeah. Um, um, what Jigal wanted to say was that the way yeah. Horikoshi drew Deku's eyes yeah. was so crazy to him. Like, the art style in this, you know, in this chapter is very well done. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. And That's, he, like, the one thing that I feel like he does really well is, like, um drawing Deku when he's like in his you know like his mode I guess like yeah yeah uh and then the other things that I want to say was like if for example he can hit like 100% with his uh all for one quirk yeah yeah or say one for all I don't know whatever one is called while he stacks the other quirks he can basically go beyond that like you know like truly plus ultra like he's at hundred percent, he could potentially hit like five hundred percent, you know. Yeah, because that's like the thing that they're kind of playing with, like uh, with Deku is the fact that like he he can he brings this idea of going past a hundred percent. Yeah. So I can definitely see something like that going on. Yeah, it was a pretty good chapter. Other than that, I feel like it was a pretty good chapter. It was, it was more so a fighting chapter. Yeah. But you still do kind of get. A little bit of uh, information with like us actually 
now knowing if Shiggy was like the guy that was talking or if it was all for one, like it, it kind of confirmed it all for us. Yeah. This chapter. Cause in the previous pod, we were wondering who's in control. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. They basically just turned Deku into Spider-Man. <laughs> With his like black Is whip, it? super strength, super speed and like Spidey sense. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of all. We can move on to Gacha Kuda chapter 29. Yeah. Which was, again, a pretty good chapter this week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of funny because they introduced, or the, like, uh, they wanted to make his, like, mask or whatever. Yeah, his full face. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the way that they got it was just kind of hilarious because... Yeah. He, like, they got it when he was asleep. Like, the measurements. Yeah. And he's, like, tripping. Like, bro, what do you mean? And they're like, bro, it's it's not, like, our fault you don't lock your doors. Yeah, they just straight violated him, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Like, the way that everybody acts together is just hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, uh, yeah, Ego? Yeah, yeah. Like, this, the vibe of, like, this manga is very steampunk mm-hmm. yeah like the character designs and everything character designs even like like the areas that they kind of like go like visit everything it, it follows that similar theme yeah and then uh we we kind of get introduced to like uh like the this choker which yeah. they use for communication and it's like essentially like a new power or a new application of Jinky. Yeah, and like it helps them communicate if they exchange blood with one another. So they they basically just like put their blood on this choker, which allows them to then communicate. And uh, again, it's just like this funny sort of panel where the, they're like, Yo, "Give us your blood too," and one of the, yeah. one of them's looking at him all cold, like it's like evil. One of them's looking at it like, you know, it's fun in games, and the other one's just like creepy yeah yeah and like rudo's eyes he's just like what's happening (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's like they're violating me yeah (laughs) and then uh you know we we get we can kind of see in the back of the truck now like all the trash that rudo was like you know picking up like there's like keyboards in there there's like a mannequin hand and then again that tv that we saw last chapter yeah is again emphasized in this chapter which is you know they're definitely leading up to something with the like well whoever that was that we saw um in the previous chapter yeah i didn't even address it bro like that was something that only the viewer saw like nobody exactly saw that yeah i mean yeah i I feel like that's something that um is gonna be only particular to rudo Mm -hmm. like we were saying that it's a possibility that like maybe it's like a relative like his dad or something yeah because the gloves, like, they're the exact same, so... Yeah, yeah. And that's what I was saying Definitely. with, like, the blood. Because that's a new application of Jinky. It could, like, yeah. further support my theory that, like, there's a hereditary, you know, inheritance of Jinky and stuff, right? Like, through bloodlines. Right. Yeah, yeah. I could definitely see that. And then, um... They they arrive to the forbidden zone and, yeah. and it's just like this cool like sort of transition where uh you know Rudo's looking down and then he looks up and it transitions to this nice double spread yeah. of the forbidden zone. 
And that's what one thing you all wanted to talk about was like the way like Rudo's eyes or the eyes are drawn in this manga, like convey emotions so well. Yeah, I agree. It's it's really nice. Like the art style that we were we were saying last chapter, not last chapter, like the podcast that we had to delete. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Rest in peace. (laughs) Like the art style is rough. Yeah, it's it's a very nice but rough style. Mm-hmm. But then he can have these moments where, like, you know, like this double spread where it's just like this really nice art of like this wasteland. Yeah, uh, that we're seeing the Forbidden Zone, and uh, currently they're like the location is the desert Forbidden Zone Penta. Yeah, like that's where they're at, and you kind of start seeing well, like everyone's full like full face masks yeah 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 which is sick by the way yeah like, and it the way that the character design is kind of exactly yeah like changes the like vibe of everybody like it's kind of like a transformation but like not really yeah this is really cool yeah and like the sand that we see in this wasteland is just like like waste that had, had like just been turned to dust yeah which so is like a cool sand. little touch yeah yeah and <laughs> So, you know, we have this moment where Rudo is kind of like suiting up, essentially. Yeah. And then we get another double spread where like the scorpion sort of uh, aberrant beast pulls up. Yeah. Uh, we go to the next page and it's like, Rudo, don't fall behind. And we finally see Rudo suited up with his mask on. Yeah. And we were saying... That like it's like kind of like looks like a oni mask, but at the same time it kind of gives a luchador type of vibe. Yeah, like I definitely see a luchador vibe. Yeah, and then but then like when you see like the scrunched up sort of like area around the nose, yeah, it seems more oni like. Right. Yeah. Because the thing is, we don't yeah. even see because he has his hood up, right? We don't actually yeah. see the top of the the helmet that he's wearing, right? Yeah, that's so the true. The top could actually like give it a whole different vibe, like some spikes or some shit, or you know. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So they're 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 essentially here to go find like the 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 girl or the person and like the person uh, that can get them back up into like a quote unquote heaven. Heaven, yeah, and it kind of um like again deleted pod. Yeah. God kind of had like this small theory where he was like, what if, or was it you God? It was me. It was you. It, yeah. So we're like, it could be like his mom or something. Yeah. Cause why else would they need, I mean, yeah, it's like a world where you can't breathe in the toxins, but this is like a good way for them to hide his face so that when they meet this character, whoever this character is, that she doesn't recognize him until like a later point. Right. Yeah. Did, like, the mom and dad, like... Did she get, like, condemned because the dad was, like, the fucked up one? And, like, mm-hmm. she just kind of got framed in a sense? Or because she was the wife? Yeah. That she also just got, like, grouped together with him? Yeah, yeah. Because, like, right now, with the information that they gave us was that his parents were murderers, right? But that's based mm-hmm. off the people in heaven. And exactly. based off of that, Rudo's also a murderer, but he, we know that he's not. Yeah, we know. Yeah. So then... It's like this idea where she's like working by herself and like the dad could be working by himself. Yeah. Whether he's working like as a leader of the Vandals or, or with the Vandals or maybe a different group outside of the Vandals in yeah. itself. 
Because, like, so far, we've only seen, like, one member of the Vandals fight, right? Yes. And he was just kind of unhinged. So, like, just because one guy is like that doesn't mean the entire organization is like that, right? Right. Yeah, and I feel like the like the mangaka did that on purpose to make us think that they're an evil organization. Mm, yeah, I could see that. I mean, I feel like whatever their like game plan is is sort of on the more um, evil sense, I guess. Yeah. So, like, what, what, whatever way it goes, I feel like it's just going to end up being. Like uh, janitors are like the good guys, maybe vandals are like the gray area. Yeah. But overall, like you could say that they are, like the bad. Yeah. At least that's how I feel. Yeah, I mean that was Gacha Kuda. Um, uh, one thing Jigal want to say was like, a scorpion boss fight is like a nice way mm-hmm. to start this arc, and it's what you'd expect in like a desert theme. Right, yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. I'm also kind of half expecting like a sandstorm to happen. <laughs> and then, you know, it like separates. It gets split up or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh, currently as we record this, <laughs> chapter 30 is out. But yeah. we'll review that one next week. Yeah. Black Clover, though. Yeah, Black Clover. After 339. Yeah. Pretty good chapter. Uh, there's, like, really, um, I guess, like, you could say one main point yeah. in the chapter. Um, so, essentially, it, we didn't actually talk about this last, oh. like, in our, the deleted pod. Yeah. But... They actually are like hiding Asta from. Oh yeah, the rest of the people. The rest of the people, like when they started noticing that Asta's there, they're like, "Like, what's what's up with the color of his hair? Is he yeah. a foreigner? Like, what's up with his arm?" So it kind of goes to the thing, like when I was saying, like, there's a possibility that like these guys are like very used to like devils or, or mm-hmm. whatnot. This kind of goes against that, yeah, because like, um, they're they're confused about his arm, but. I but, still, I could still see a thing where like Ryu and is working with a devil or something with his eye, because it doesn't, it's not any, that doesn't seem like a human power. Yeah, but like the thing is, you know how you said because of that you think that they don't have devils. Later on in the chapter, you see like yeah. uh, this guy using his recovery yojutsu on Libe, yeah. right? And if he didn't know about devils, how would he know how to like heal one? Because, in a way, isn't it just, like, healing a being? Yeah, but, like, their physiology is different, right? I guess. Hmm, of maybe. course, we don't know how the magic works either, right? Yeah. We we see this guy, Umito, who they call him a yojutsu, like, a recovery yojutsu genius. Yeah. And, you know, it, it kind of, like, we were saying, it kind of plays to, like... Uh, how in the Clover Kingdom the the healer there has yeah. um an octopus, an octopus, and like this guy has like a bunch of like fish, yeah, floating around. So it seems as though like recovery magic is very like aquatic base for some reason. Y- yeah, 
but like you know how we were saying like what this guy was able to heal them like he 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 does say it like i've never treated a being like him so it took quite oh, a while see that? yeah oh, okay so then it further supports what you were saying yeah um and it's kind of this we got this nice little panel where like ass is like happy to be with Lee big and he's like uh, getting split up in a brand new place was like lonely, and then we get Lee Bay like blushing and like me too, you know. Yeah, nice little cute scene, and then that goes transitions completely into um, they like you know they're like feeding Asta, and Asta is like he's like happy in a moment, but then out of nowhere he he kind of has like a PTSD type of moment where like he's like damn, like I have to get back ASAP, like yeah. Like, like tell me how her. to go back. I have to save her. Like, save them. Like, I, he has to do something. Mm-hmm. Like, you want me to train? Like, there's no time to train. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then Ichika slaps him. Like, do you not understand what, like, Ryo's doing for you? And, like, you're just going to throw it away? Yeah. Like, he saved your life. He fed you. Blah, blah, blah. And yeah. you're just ignoring his warnings. Yeah, you're just going to run back in and just get yourself killed. Exactly. And uh, she's like, don't take others' like kindness for granted. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, fuck it. Let's go to tra- like a little training. Yeah. And we see uh, Rio kind of explaining how key like flow is uh, like the flow of life energy. Yeah. And like everybody can manipulate it unconsciously turning into uh, your Yoku. Yeah. Your Yoku. And. Uh, I think that's how how you'd say it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, if you do a, like a specific, like like a precise version of that on purpose, like, and we now see Ichika performing it. Yeah. And she like slices through this bamboo with like as if it was a sword. Yeah. Cutting straight through it, cleanly. And uh, in the unofficial translations, they called it have heavenly severance yeah and in the officials they call it zenten zet zetten zenten zetten z-e-t-t-e-n okay zetten yeah and she kind of explains at least like the uh the amount of uh the yoryuku uh and its speed gives like explosive power and then asks a yo (laughs) how do i do this and then (laughs) give it a shot right and like he's he uses it in a much different manner where he's using it in like the anti-magic sort of sense yeah and when he tries to slice through the bamboo the bamboo like gets cut through the middle but it's like withering away through the middle yeah like it decays and Ryo explains that like the bamboo was grown with yoryoku and uh so it wasn't able shouldn't have like been able to like fizzle away like that yeah and because he has a solid manner, uh, sort of solid foundation that like he can like, uh, you know, continue to grow mm-hmm. and pick up like the experiences of whatever real and his seven seven, yeah, can teach him. Yeah, um, Jigal wanted to mention that he's expecting Asta to use the heavenly severance on Lucius yeah. to like split his personalities. An anti-magic way to split two beings yeah. using life life energy. Yeah, which makes sense because they're like 
two souls in one body, right? Essentially, yeah. two lives. So yeah. <laughs> you, you you called it uh, that he is gonna get his final getsuga. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because and of another like, note, you you were also saying that uh, Ryu and Ichika kind of remind you of uh, Shinsui and Nanao. Yeah, they definitely do. Yeah, like with the eye patch. Like the eye patch. Yeah. I could see it, or more like not now, but like maybe Lisa, like back in the day, when like how Lisa treated him, like yeah. she was more um, yeah, 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 like rough, like not rough. How how do you say stern? Stern, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, so then you know he's like, yo, thanks for uh, like you know. Like I, he, I can still get strong, and it's like this, like sweet little panel, and like you can, you can tell like how affected like he mm-hmm. is, like his eyes are like looked as if he was like crying. the way that they're drawn, yeah, essentially. Yeah, he kind of reminds me um, of uh, Hinata from High in this panel. <laughs> yeah, he's about to start throwing us some spikes. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what they're gonna teach him, bro. How to how to play how to volleyball, <laughs> bro. He's gonna have a quick, <laughs> <laughs> like an anti magic volleyball, and he just like spikes yeah. it at Lucius, knocks his ass <laughs> out in one hit. Yeah, but you know who's gonna be sending it to him? He's gonna be spiking it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know since we're we like we we were kind of crunched on time last time i i forgot to yeah. mention i was like we've seen asa's mom do we see asa's pops no we haven't no. seen his dad no but do we oh you think it's going to get like shown later on cuz like this is the final so yeah i still think it's astros well yeah lucius uh, yeah i, I could potentially see that but i feel like it would also kind of be cool if like his dad was just a nobody yeah because like you know it's like the classic shonen thing where you have the dad be like some crazy strong guy mm-hmm. so if you do something different where like he's he was just like nobody yeah it's like different that's true but i still want to link to what we said in the previous pod like the star wars vibes <laughs> Yeah. How can you explain that for the people that don't know? Um. So in a previous pod, we were saying how like Asta's name, right? Asta, and yeah. then Astaroth is like the first portion of Asta or Astaroth's name. Yeah. And because Lucius's devil is Astaroth, that potentially Asta could be his son. Lucius was good. Uh-huh. He now turned evil. Or Julius was good. Good. Oh yeah. Well, Julius was good, and then now he's evil, right? Right. So similar with Darth Vader. Yep. He was good, and then he became Darth Vader, and then eventually he became good, or like good again. Like there's a redemption yeah. moment. Redemption. Yeah. I, yeah. And in that same way, like Asta would be Luke. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we we talked about this a few podcasts ago, so it was a nice little refresher to give people, or if people are listening, yeah, the first time they kind of get where we're coming from when we're saying Star Wars vibes. Uh, we'll move it to Vinland. All right, so 
<laughs> we've been waiting to talk about Vinland for uh, quite some time. Chapter 197. And what's even funnier yeah. is that the, the, the podcast we do talk about Vinland, the file <laughs> gets, I don't know what, like the file just gets <laughs> butchered somehow. Yeah. <laughs> so it was pretty funny. But yeah, Vinland Saga, chapter 197. Uh, the thou- uh, Thousand Year Voyage, part six. Yeah. So Ivar, essentially last chapter, just cut off the shaman's hand. And it's kind of like, you know, it's, you know, it's causing this like moment of confusion within like both sides now. Yeah. Because so, the shaman pulled out an axe and was about to attack Thorfinn. Yeah. And then Ivar ends up just, you know, not letting Thorfinn deal with it, just cutting off the shaman's hand. Yeah, like prematurely acting. Premature, because well, they don't actually, or like he doesn't actually know what Thorfinn's like actually capable of. So it's like this yeah. situation where like, if Thorfinn would have shown what he was capable of before this, like, you know, coming to Vinland, or e- even if it was in Vinland where he decided to show them like, like, you know, guys, like, I know what I'm doing. I am that yeah. guy. There's a reason I'm doing, like, you know, the Norse, no swords in Vinland rule. Uh, yeah, no like the war, shift in peace. Paradigm, right? The, yeah, because to he, to do what he's trying to do, it's a it's a paradigm shift. Everybody's yeah. blind. They're all Vikings. They all, they, that's what they know. They know war. They know battle. Mm-hmm. So, and, like, Thorfinn had a dad who went through all the war and the battle and was able to realize that, you know, war is not like everything. Like you have yeah. no enemy. You don't need a sword. You can yeah. solve things without a sword. And, you know, if ours, you know, spreading his nonsense, like it was all his fault, blah, blah, blah. And then you get, the, I felt so bad for this girl. Yeah the she's like the translator she's like trying to explain that like you know they're not enemy like uh she's like she struggling to find she's the struggling because she can't find yeah. the words and she grabs bug eye like bro help me like how do yeah. i say this how do i say this that's what jagal wanted to say was like you could really see the emotion of her struggling to communicate that we're not enemies exactly and it's it, it, like you could tell it was kind of building up to something like this. Like, yeah, they had one colony that completely like disappeared. They had yeah. then you had uh, Ivar, you know, spreading like BS that like you know bro, it was Ivar and that one guy, bro, in the hood. I don't remember his name. Yeah, but he just like so paranoid. Yeah, but like again, it kind of goes to that idea of Thorfinn would have just like let them know that like yo i like he's saying he knows what he's doing but he's not showing them yeah like if he just flexed on them they'd be like yeah. okay like just spar him or something like we were yeah. saying this in the deleted like pod like what if he would have just fought him the way uh asklad was fighting thorfinn when thorfinn was a kid yeah like where we used, like, he was kind of taunting him teaching him yeah. Because when you look back at, at the way Asclad was like almost treating Thorfinn, it mm-hmm. wasn't in the sense of like Thorfinn's my enemy. It was more in the sense of let me teach this kid. Yeah. Um. How how would I say it? Like almost in a way of how to live, but like also to like let go and like forget and grow. No, because Asclad was basically Thorfinn 
right? He wanted yeah. to get revenge on his dad. Exactly. And then he succeeded. So and he knew Thorfinn, that there was no, you know, yeah, satisfaction in what, like, had happened. Like, it didn't really change much for him, I guess you could say. Yeah. But, like, even when you could think about, like, the way Asklad was treating Thorfinn, it was more like, like, it almost ended up being, like, a father in a sense. Yeah. But uh, going back on track a little bit, um, it was, it's kind of nice, like, because uh, Thorfinn notices that the shaman's kind of, like, laughing in, in a way, like, he got his way. Yeah. Like, the shaman wanted this to happen. He wants... um uh, disagreements he wants or conflict conflict yeah conflict yeah. he wants conflict he wants these guys off of the land because of the vision he had yeah which will probably come true anyways um <laughs> like bro and it was kind of nice again it was a few chapters ago like jigad was saying like this was one of his favorite chapters of vinland my favorite chapter was the chapter where uh, thorfinn's wife says that she's pregnant and then at the same yeah. time you get heal day uh He'll, however you say, he'll, he'll saying that like she, like she's finally forgiven Thorfinn. Yeah, which is such a sweet moment because she's no, like she's seen Thorfinn at his worst, like when he was working with Asclad, and then she yeah. meets Thorfinn again later on after she's done all her training and she's like ready for her revenge arc, mm-hmm. and she meets a Thorfinn who has given up the sword. Yeah. And now like she's on his seen, redemption. Exactly. And then she's yeah. been there since that moment of like him finally, you know, on his path of redemption. And she's seen him hold back. She's seen him get angry. She's seen him like learn to um, like how to deal with conflicts in a better manner yeah. without like, you know, letting his temper go, go crazy or get emotional or just like become the Thorfinn he was when he was with Asclad. I feel like a lot of the characters that they introduce in Vinland yeah. are just different versions of Thorfinn, but at different stages of his life. So, or, like... Yeah, I, I can see that. Or just, like, not having the same mentorship or... Because he had he had the mentorship of first with Thors. Yeah. He, Thorfinn was just too young to understand what Thors was saying. His dad was saying. Yeah. Then he had Asklad. Again, he was mm-hmm. still too young to realize what Asclad was saying. And then finally, the th- farmland arc, he's older. He's been through some yeah. shit. And he's finally starting to piece together what Asclad and Thoris was saying. Yeah. Right? Like, you have those, like, dreams that he's having where Asclad's there and he's talking to Asclad. Like, mm-hmm. you you have those moments where, like, he, he had mentorship to, like, reach where he wanted to reach, but he was... He just wasn't old enough or at that point in his life where he could really understand and digest what they were actually telling him. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's Ivar right now. Yeah. And Thorfinn is trying to be that mentor and trying to tell him that, like, yo, you don't need this sword. Like, there are ways to handle conflict without it. And like, Because Hild's trying to tell him, like, yo, Thorfinn's ten times the man you are. If you would and have that's just what let him. Saying. Yeah, go yeah, for it. That's what Jigal was saying. Like, this is why this was his favorite chapter. Out of all the chapters last week, this was one of his favorite. Yeah. Because Hild finally tells him that, like, yo, Thorfinn's 10 times stronger than you. Like, he could body you. Exactly. You just don't know. And she was saying, it was like, if you would have just let Thorfinn have his chance, he would have 
easily like taken the axe from the man. Like yeah. it was a simple task for Thorfinn. It's a situation where like Thorfinn's now like realizing that like potentially like Vinland, like the villain that he foresaw, the villain that he always envisioned with like his dad, uh, yeah. a peaceful land potentially isn't possible because you know, you'll have people like Avar or the shaman that like just don't want to see peace. They they yeah. live within conflict or war, and like you you see it's, that in like real life too, like in our lives. Yeah. Like there are people that just want to see conflict or or whatnot. But it's also like they fear change, right? Like yeah. they're used to discomfort of how life is, and change is something that they fear. Yeah, that's true. Um. I feel bad for Thorfinn, honestly. Yeah. Because he worked so hard to get to Vinland. Like, it's called Vinland Saga, right? Like, mm-hmm. everything about it was to reach Vinland. And he finally reaches Vinland. And it's not what it was supposed to be. Like, yeah. Again, I said that they lost one colony. They they know for sure they're dead. But mm-hmm. uh, these tribe, these natives that, like, Thorfinn directly, like, talks to and, like, works with and, like, they exchange stuff with, they said it wasn't them. Yeah. So it kind of comes down to the question, are they lying? Is there another tribe that like, you know, said F the Vikings or like, let's kill them or blah, blah, blah. Like, it's going to be well, like, of... go for it. Yeah. Because we don't know if, you know, other shamans also had the same vision. Same vision. That yeah. this shaman had, right? Right. Well, I mean, blood has been spilt on Vinland. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's one more thing that I wanted to say with uh, Vinland Saga. Thorfinn's face, where he's like so conflicted. Yeah, we we see that like Thorfinn is like extremely conflicted because it's not just a one-sided thing anymore where he he just had to talk to Ivar. Yeah. It's now the the natives, like he has to work with the natives and figure out like what's up with them. And like, uh, this is based off of like, it's, it's like a dramatized, romanticized version of like historical events, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't remember reading much about conflict between them, but mm-hmm. from what I remember, the reason that Vinland failed, like Thorfinn's little goal, wasn't because of like blood being spilled. It was more in the sense of they spread they spread sickness, yeah, to the natives, and Thorfinn saw that and was like, "Like we got to get out of here," and he 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 ended up leaving later, so. Mm-hmm we can maybe see something different happening uh, to yeah, be honest. I'm not hundred percent convinced yet that there is going to be war or, or a battle or something like yeah. that. I, I could totally see Thorfinn somehow being able to bring it back and contain it. I really want to see him pop off. So I hope yeah. there's a war. <laughs> you want to see him go crazy, but like we've seen Thorfinn in a war recently. Uh, yeah. With when the Jerome Vikings tried to bring him back as like a, a yeah. leader or whatever. And he had, like they basically forced him into it. We saw him in a war. We saw him up against the spear guy. Yeah, we saw him almost kill uh, Floki. Oh yeah, or that was crazy. Almost, but like he had like a rage moment where he was about to do, it, but then he realized that like yo, we shouldn't. We because like, in that moment you see Hild's face, and she, even she's like, oh, is it, this is this is my time, right? Like where I kill Thor. Yeah. Then. So like we've seen him in those tight spots. So I don't think he'll have that moment that you want. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Chainsaw Man chapter one zero five. Yeah, one five. So it, it leads off essentially where um or uh, starts off where we left off last chapter where As is like storming out after talking with Denji. Yep. But this time we see Yoru and Yoru's like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? Like the the, the dumbass just told us he's chainsaw man. What are you yeah. doing? And As is like trying to say, like, yo, you're dumb. Like, why would anybody just like or why would Chainsaw Man just out the, out himself? Yeah. Like if it was Chainsaw Man, like identity got revealed, like that'd be serious trouble. And um like the Denji was also wearing a Chainsaw Man shirt. So she's like, sure, oh, yeah. why would I why? Like what do you mean? I can't be Chainsaw <laughs> Man. Yeah. Um so they they kind of have this idea of like, why don't we draw a devil to the school so like it could kind of like show like figure it out essentially and you're always like damn good idea how do but then how do we draw a, a school there or, or sorry a devil to school and this kind of leads into which we didn't mention when we spoke yeah, about it last time that's true um this leads into the end of the chapter but yeah uh asa's like i'm gonna go visit Yo- Yo- yoku yeah and um <laughs> she's calling him chainsaw woman which is kind of funny <laughs> Yeah, because she's like you know the way she is with like Chainsaw Man and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I was saying this, uh, this particular moment, and almost nearly every time we see Asa on screen, it it, mm-hmm. it really feels like the themes and the styling and everything he was doing with his one shots between chapter or not, part one to starting part, part two, two again. It really feels like. Uh, his the way that he was handling his one shots. So I, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if the reason he was putting out one shots like that was to get himself ready for part two. Because mm-hmm. particularly in this moment where they're both sitting in their lawn chairs and they're talking, it yeah. really feels like a one shot to me. Oh yeah. And, and I said this when uh, the chapter where they give like the shoe chapter where Yoko gives Asa her shoe, mm-hmm. that chapter also felt like a one-shot. Like, you could yeah. isolate that chapter, take it out Chainsaw Man, and it would work as a one-shot. Yeah. Um. So, you know, we have them in the lawn chair. Yeah, just chilling. Chilling. And, uh, you know, they're, like, trying to get closer as, like, friends. And they're like, all right, let's tell our deepest, darkest secrets to each other. And... Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, Asa tells like a pretty, I guess, surface level sort of uh, secret. You know, they go to your, uh, Yoko saying like your turn, like Asa saying to Yoko, it's your turn. And she's like, promise you won't tell anybody. And she goes, I killed someone yesterday. Yeah. And then Asa's reaction is like hilarious. She's like, huh? Oh, yeah. Who? And she goes, my neighbor. Wow. Blank. Blank. Pound. Yeah. Why'd you do it? Uh, and then she goes, because he'd go gambling at Pancho, even uh, though he was on welfare for disability. Which in her se- in her eyes, she's seeing that, like, you know, this disabled guy who who's getting welfare should be using it for, not for gambling, but for just, like, day-to-day living to make his yeah, life yeah. better. Like he's using taxpayers' money exactly. to go gamble. 
exactly and again asa's reaction is like what the hell question mark and she yeah. just goes yep what the hell blank panel of them sitting there blank panel of them sitting there blank panel and then a <laughs> double spread of yeah nothing again they're just sitting in their chair there yeah <laughs> and then i guess another neighbor pulls up and asks them if like you know asa's a friend like yeah that's my friend and then asa looks at her and she's like you were joking earlier right and she goes you want to see the bodies in my backyard yeah and this whole time it's like this weird awkward like yeah like like moment between the two of them and she, you know and then it's so weird yoko's like anyways this is great we both shared our secrets that means we're besties now and she's like don't worry i won't tell a soul about a uh, soul about your secrets either about you peeing yourself and then she starts going or about how you killed your teacher and class president or about your and she goes how yeah. do you and she's the, this panel like on her eye like the way that he drew it like the panel mm-hmm. on her eyes and he's like uh, no secrets between us and then she starts telling her what happened yeah essentially she made a contract with the justice devil and that uh power that she gained after that contract was the sense uh like uh reading people's minds which yeah it's you crazy know, like it's crazy yeah. like she just yoru got outed immediately yeah and um you know they're but saying how, like go for it like how does that work how does a justice devil like able to read people's minds uh, it's a, it's almost like how um you would have like anybody a part of like the devil hunters when they would make a a deal with like a, a devil yeah they'd gain a power off of it like uh cone but like it has to pertain to the devil who they made the contract with right um so the way that they explain it is like a contract with the de- justice devil turns your sense of justice into a power meaning that she can read people's minds like that's oh, how they explain it okay yeah yeah okay but you know she's like isn't that illegal she's like it's fine if it's in the name of justice yeah like, in the name of justice i can do anything yeah. i'll kill people just cuz um yeah definitely. and then the next the last page of this chapter i'm yeah. going to get rid of your bullying problem don't come to school tomorrow yo <laughs> yo <laughs> i thought we were in japan yeah how did we end up in the united states bro just school shooter vibes no for real school shooter yeah. vibes dude and like that was like the thought is like yo does uh, fujimoto just go straight cuz like jigad was saying that like fujimoto does take a lot of inspiration of from like western society and like yeah. maybe this is just like one aspect of like which is a pretty major aspect gun control mm-hmm. which he kind of does touch on in uh, part 1 but gun control and then you know school shootings and mass shootings and sh- stuff like that so do- is he taking inspiration off of that but then yeah you know we can assume that like if she made a contract with the justice devil maybe she has more powers beyond that that um give her more sort of devil like powers maybe she can transform in the same sense denji can transform into chainsaw man yeah but you can also kind of tell that like because of her fucked up sense of justice that she just killing people that she might have mental issues too like mental health yeah she might yeah yeah and (laughs) but this is where it gets interesting 
Mm-hmm. You guys are saying that this goes against my theory, but this goes completely with my theory, I feel like. Yeah. In the sense that Asa could turn into a tragic sort of character, losing her best friend. Um, And how that would happen is, or has been set up in this chapter. She says, don't come to school tomorrow. She's going to definitely kill her bullies. That might yeah. extend on to other people just because she can read people's minds. Mm-hmm. Right? And like, you know, if she sees somebody that she feels like doesn't align with her sense of justice, then she's going to kill them. Yep. It's not just going to be just for the bullies, I feel like. And she's going to school. Who's at school? Denji. Denji. Denji's at school. Well, let's assume he's at school and he's not like skipping or some shit. Yeah. He's, you know, he's out there at like a chair getting, getting you know, $100 or so, whatever he's charging them to sit on him for. It. Yeah. And um, so he's there. She pulls up. If she's pulling up and like, you know, it's like with guns, I don't see Denji doing anything. Mm-hmm. If it seems more natural of whatever she's doing. If she pulls up and she starts flexing devil powers. Yeah. He's gonna, you know, he's Chainsaw Man. He's the hero. Yeah. He's at school, by the way. He wants people to know he's Chainsaw Man. This is the perfect, yeah. perfect. This would be the perfect opportunity for him to just rip that ripcord turn into Chainsaw Man in front of everybody and save everybody's lives at the school. So he gets the hero vibe that he wants. The people that are around him now know that he's Chainsaw Man because Mm -hmm. he wants them to kind of know that he's Chainsaw Man. Yeah. And then Asa turns into, or or now has a sense to hate Chainsaw Man. She was neutral. Yoru's on the hate zone. Her best friend dies by Chainsaw Man and by Denji. Yeah. Now she hates him and Chainsaw Man. It mm-hmm. works perfectly with my theory of uh, that this girl was going to die and uh, Asa would end up turning into a, um, a tragic, tragic sort of character. And yeah. that would lead her into this path, uh, this like path, of, like negative path, I guess, and like actually make her more of a villain. Yeah. And like give reason for why like you know chainsaw man or denji would fight asa mm-hmm. and you know i felt like this chapter pretty much set it up for what i was saying well we yeah you guys are saying that like it wouldn't happen or something but like we were saying that um it would be a scenario where she could read denji's mind and then she could just expose that he's chainsaw man or some stuff like that right. right but what you're saying is valid though yeah i feel that fully 100 percent. of course because you heard it here first yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that was a chapter chainsaw man pretty good chapter pretty funny chapter too yeah just um, one thing end. just the one thing is jagad want to say was like he can definitely see that this arc will cause like a snowball effect and just cause things to pop off. Just like the way it happened in part one, where like yeah. things started to snowball and like go crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. I could see that. You have anything to add with uh Chainsaw Man chapter? No. Yeah, all right, then we have uh another legendary legendary manga. Jujutsu Kaisen, yeah. chapter one ninety nine. We are about to hit a milestone, by the way. Yeah, two hundred. 
Yeah, two hundred, which uh completely makes sense the way with the way that this chapter ended up going. But still, yeah. uh, this chapter basically solidified my issues that I was explaining last podcast. If you guys don't know uh, what I was saying about Jujutsu Kaisen and uh, the way that they handled sort of Maki, uh, you guys can go back to the previous episode, uh, episode 9. Yeah. Yeah, go watch episode 9. It's timestamp for Jujutsu Kaisen discussion. You guys can go listen to that and... This essentially solidified it. We were saying that like they had to spend the like this chapter re- explaining everything uh, with Maki for it to yeah. s- be good, like uh, rectify every problem that I was having with uh, previously. But essentially, it just solidified that I was right. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I was like biasly speaking about it. I was genuinely picking apart what was happening without yeah, any yeah. bias so it's not you guys like anybody could say that like i don't know i was like hating hating or something yeah, yeah. exactly but side of the chapter we are with maki and uh, kamo and you know they're like kamo's like slumped out he's like yo you won mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, like, yeah. he's like of course and uh thanks to those guys and uh, Kamo's like still talking about like being worthless and so, so on and so forth. And Maki's like, yo, why don't you just like ask your mom? Yeah. Like the same way I did. And uh, it, it kind of switches to uh, Kamo's mom. And yeah. I guess she's talking to uh, like her like boyfriend or husband or whoever that is now. Like the new guy. The her and- new man's new mans you know we move on do better do better be better uh, yeah. uh and they're just like asking about like why they named him uh norotoshi and she just like explains that like because it was a forbidden name and how pissed off she was she was like yo man f these guys i'm yeah. gonna i'm gonna make his name norotoshi and you know the just so salty so salty <laughs> so salty i mean you get i get it yeah these like big three clans are assholes i mean we don't know much about the gojo clan i guess but that's um, true so little kid i guess kamo's little brother is like like what are you guys talking about and i'm talking about your older brother and she's just kind of saying like he is my son after all so he Mm -hmm. she like knows that he's gonna be okay because essentially she just wants like noritoshi to come back to her yeah and then, this is where this chapter actually starts. For me, yeah. This is because, like, this is crazy. where, this is where, like, my boy comes back. My boys. Uh, yeah. Not just one. My boys come back. Yeah. This is where, like, I've been, this is what I've been waiting for. Tokyo co- number one colony, November 14th. We get another date drop. So, yeah. every so often, we do get a date drop of. So we have some sort of timeline to string everything together. And we see we see Angel or Hana or however you want to say it. Yeah. And she just says, Good morning, did you sleep well? And so in the in the um fan translation or unofficial translation, they say my faded or she says my faded one. In this one, it says, uh, or the official, they say destined one. 
Destined one? Yeah. Okay. And it's recently. It's pretty similar. It's yeah. it's the same thing essentially. But mm-hmm. I, it was like on a note with like how uh the fan translation was like changing the text up to kind of like emphasize it, made it? It, emphasize it. This like the official doesn't emphasize it uh, as much. Okay. And then we see next panel it's Megumi and he is like yo how long was I out and you think he's talking to Hana or Angel yeah. <laughs> and he goes I'm talking to you Itadori and you look over <laughs> and he's looking out the window with a yeah. glass of wine stirring it <laughs> like spinning it with a with a robe on and it literally point has an arrow pointing at it him saying living it up in a bathrobe for the first time yeah. <laughs> and he explains to like like it was normal like he's still in that mode where he's like fancy as hell and he's just like about two mm-hmm. days it's the night it's of like the two 14th. days maybe yeah it's the night of the 14th <laughs> and then we see takaba i believe his name is yeah takaba and he pulls up he was doing a run for food i guess and uh you know just the comical guy looking all good mm-hmm. And, and he has like that broken, uh, the broken ability, yeah, that he has yeah. no clue about yet. Which my theory is he'll find out about it, use it, but then die because yeah. he's a little too OP to keep around. It's just the same That's thing true. of like having Gojo around. Um, so he essentially got ice cream for them, I guess, and uh, yeah. they explained that they kept electricity on within the colonies for like people that might have uh gotten stuck or like stayed back. Yeah. Which kind of um they're talking about how it like they're they're keeping it a like a lot like up because maybe Kenjiku's been working which this is the thing that I was talking about. Megumi was without like really having outside information was able to deduce that uh Kenjiku's working up working with the higher ups. Yeah. So that like there would be no interference with the calling games. I did not mention this yeah. last like last time we talked about it. But he's he has like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like there's information. Like, you know, Jagad was saying like Maki doesn't know anything, right? But like yeah. she was there when Tangan was there, and she's smart. Yeah. She's a smart person, like a character. And she like Megumi, obviously, like he's on like his own shit. Like he's smart as fuck. Yeah, he was able to deduce, deduce that like Kenji was working with higher ups, just like that. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, they they start explaining on how they, like, you know, these three idiots got together. Yeah. So and, casually. Yeah. And, you know, Yuji was like, you know, uh, came across Takaba who's fighting and they worked together to find Megumi and they spotted uh, Hana carrying him off. Yeah. And then they they just explained that like, yeah, now here we are. Like nothing happened in yeah. between. And Megumi's like, yo, you guys not know what caution means? Yeah, <laughs> and Yuji just goes, "Ah, uh, well, you know," and then, he, and then, uh, <laughs> the next panel is Megumi saying, "Whatever, man. Sorry, thanks for helping me." And then it's both Takaba and Yuji, like all like blushing and like bashful, yeah. saying, "Ah, uh, well, you know, again." <laughs> and I think then, Hana's also blushing too. Yeah, she is. You, yeah, you everyone's doing the same pose, like, blushing. Yeah, and then uh, Yuji points. It out to Fushiguro that yo look like Hikari like has a hundred points, 
uh, Utah has 190. And then if we combine Megumi, Takaba's, and Hana's points as well, they have 359 total points, which means yeah. that they can now help uh, Megumi's sister. Yeah. And then Megumi has is having like that internal dialogue saying like, okay, good. Like now all that's left is to figure out like how many points are needed to leave the game. Yeah. And, you know, everybody's okay with uh, Yuji and Megumi using the points. Their which, points. Yeah. yeah. They're all good with. And then Megumi and Yuji finally have like, you know they're still on the same page they've been you know it's been a, it's been a while but they, they're still on the same page yeah and she goes uh they're like yo like are you the player to hana they're like are you the player that like you know they call angel or the angel yeah and they're like i we heard that you were in tokyo colony number two mm-hmm. and then uh they're like so you are the angel like why'd you help me and then yeah. we see a black panel with just text that says yes I'm the angel. And then we see Hanna's face and she has a mouth on her cheek in the same sense yeah. that Sukuna comes out of Yuji's body to talk with like the mouth on his cheek. Yeah. And you see Yuji's like face. He's like, oh, she's like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so... This is like the thing where like they, she's explaining why she saved uh, Megumi and she's like to answer your question. The reason like Hana saved you is because you previously. So this is the thing. In the other one, it says you and Hana used to used to dot dot dot. And this one, it says is because you previously. Oh, okay. So change the connotation a little bit, right? Yeah. And um, so they start to talk about like what her curse is and it's like like a negation curve, uh, curse technique. Yeah. Like, so barrier techniques don't work on her seals are, are the exact same. So she was able to go outside of the, the second colony and come to the first because of, you know, uh, there's like players like, uh, Hajime in there. So yeah. of course you don't want to mess with him. Mm-hmm. So they start to get into like, this is where like, uh, they get into, curse like uh vessel like the vessels like the reincarnations and everything yeah like they start to explain like how these people came back exactly we also said that in a previous pod we're like it makes no sense Mm -hmm. right and they they explain that like um they're just suppressing the vessel's original owners right like these these uh reincarnates yeah so uh, in, in the same sense, it's like how uh, Sukuna and Yuji work in the same way that Hana and Angel work. But in, yeah. in Hana and Angel's case, they are working together. In Yuji's case, he's completely suppressing Sukuna. Yeah. Um, and she starts talking about God. And like this was interesting because most of Jujutsu Kaisen's themes are Buddhist. Yep. So they start talking about like this is against God's laws it's so wrong and then Megumi's like god like questioning it and she's like that's the mm-hmm. name that they that, like given to her belief pay no mind yeah this is interesting because of where this leads and she just explains the same thing that i just said that, like you know they decided to work together yeah and then, one thing you all want to mention yep was like because angel has curse technique yeah that hana could also have curse techniques as well yeah so they I could see two that. at the same time yeah exactly 
and she starts explaining that like for her it'd be difficult to strip one away off of like uh like a vessel from the reincarnate yeah um and this kind of reaffirms that like if yuji dies sukuna dies yep before it was an assumption like or, or gojo's assumption now it's like maybe not 100% solidified but like it is more so solidified than before because we were just going off of a, an assumption that gojo made yeah because like you know it's gojo <laughs> and um she's like well, like they're like whatever we don't even care about that we need your help to break a seal off of uh, the prison realm and she's like yeah mm-hmm. i can do that i can do that that's easy yeah and you know as readers we've been thinking this whole time like this is going way too smooth and mm-hmm. like now we're having megumi you know thinking like yo this is going way too well like yeah like uh she's he's questioning it he's like why is it going so well like they've gotten all the points they've now met up with hana or the angel and they've got like their cooperation but this yeah. is where it gets sticky because she says before i remove the seal i need your help first and uh she's like uh she wants to kill the disgraced one is the what, what they call it in the official translation in the oh. in the uh fan translation it was uh the fallen the fallen which in my yeah. opinion i like the fallen better than the disgraced yeah same i'm just going to continue to say the fallen yeah <laughs> and uh the, she's just like i promise that if we kill like this player like she won't hesitate to like help you and yeah. then we have this cool like trans uh transition where it like focuses on yuji's face and it goes like into his inner world or and suk and like sukuna's there like th- and this is like pretty big because yuji and sukuna haven't spoken since shibuya incident when sukuna took over and was finally giving his body back to yuji and letting him know like yo i killed everybody mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh yuji's just like yo what the fuck do you want bro your face pisses yeah. me off <laughs> and he's like okay like before you know you dumbass motherfucker says something yeah like, i am the disgraced one yeah which is like for one it's like so that means that sukuna was a part of this belief of god yeah or whatever because in the in the fan translation they call it the like a creed like uh and like the way that we can assume that like religious factors are because of the way that they've shown like religious factions in uh hidden inventory yeah in gojo's past arc like these yeah. guys are like cultists in a sense yeah so we can maybe like assume that this was like a group of people mm-hmm. and i guess sukuna maybe he killed them maybe he like you know because he, he was eating humans maybe he like killed and ate them or some shit and like yeah, yeah. He became the disgraced one, but then when you also look at it in the like the way the fan translation went, they called him the fallen, and then you yeah. consider God. Was he like a fall? And then you know you have the, the angel. angel. Is he yeah, the fallen yeah. angel? Is he Lucifer? Yeah, in a sense. And that's what Jagad was saying was that if you look at his domain, it's like a shrine, but it's like a yeah. demonic shrine. It's a demonic so shrine because like yeah. it plays on like the god sense right like in Gen- yeah, yeah. like japanese lore like you have like shrines for gods so it, it i can definitely see that and like the way that they're playing it in the sense like you have god you have the angel and then you have the disgraced one 
And in the yeah. same sense, you can say the disgraced one is like a Lucifer type of person. Yeah. And then like they like call the him, name... they call him like a demon too, right? Like it's like yeah. And like on the on the note of like a demon, I mentioned this in like the deleted pod, but um, this was like a, like a, I guess like a nice note on like the way Gigi uh, talks about characters and like the way that they call them like uh, monsters or demons. When he calls Maki a demon, that kanji, or I think it's kanji, right? Like, yeah, it's, kanji. It's like demon human or fierce human. Yeah. When, she, when they call Yuji a demon, they straight up called him a demon god. Yeah. And then the other guy that, like, remember I was saying that, like, I forgot who it was, but it was Sukuna. Yeah. Oh, okay. And when they call Sukuna, they call him demon god of legends. Oh, okay. So it's a nice little pickup on how Gigi's writing these characters in, in the sense of, like, how powerful or whatever you want to call it, it like, they yeah. are. So Maki's, like, a demon, like, human. Yuji's a demon god. Sukuna's a demon god of legends. Mm-hmm. So just, like, going off of the way that he's uh, talking about these characters, like, in a third-person note, um, we can... Like, we know Maki's a beast, but, like, he's also yeah. leaving it open for Yuji to, like, be the beast, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that was just kind of, like, a cool, like, catch on, like, the way that he was writing the characters. Yeah, for sure. But like, yeah. the name of the chapter is yeah. called The Epitaph. Is it? Yeah. So, like, if Sukuna's epitaph is well, the disgraced uh, one. Uh, the official and- one is Resentful Names. Resentful names. Oh shit. Yeah, chapter okay. one ninety nine. Resentful names. Yeah, because that's what I was saying was that like the way she calls or the way Hana calls, uh, Megumi. Yeah. Is um you said the destined one? Yeah. Or. Yeah, yeah, and I was thinking that like maybe that's like a name. You know how he's like how the she's disgraced one. The disgraced one. He's the fated or the destined one, and she's the exactly. Angel. Yeah, yeah. So then that kind of comes into, like, is Yuji, or not Yuji, is Megumi, uh, like, a reincarnation of uh, whoever, like, was a part of the Creed as well? Because Hana has, or, like, both Hana and Angel, I guess, have something, uh, what would you say? Like, some sort of vested interest. Exactly. uh, Yeah, yeah. Invested interest in Megumi. And then you have Sukuna, who has a really emphasized interest in Megumi. Yeah. So it's like, did Sukuno notice this? Like that, like you know, this guy's like special because maybe he's like a reincarnation of like, um, whoever. Like I guess maybe stood up to Sukuno the first time, or like how however they end up writing it. Which now, mm-hmm. like, we're gonna probably get so much lore. Oh yeah, for Sukuno, and it's gonna be insane. And it's chapter two hundred. Mm-hmm. Perfect timing to just go crazy on us yeah right like and it makes complete sense it's a big milestone you come back to your main cast before chapter 200 and then you drop this like crazy like it's already crazy like yeah Han, like the combination of like hana and then the sukuna drop that he is the fallen or the 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 disgraced one yeah which is like insane this was probably my this was my favorite chapter this week yeah the chapter was crazy yeah I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I feel like like it's gonna be real fun. Like, yeah, chapter two hundred is about to be crazy. I can't wait for the leaks. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. that's uh, gonna yeah. be crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah, 
And uh, we're going to get One Piece next week. So we'll definitely oh. be talking about One Piece. It was on break this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was like the manga this week. Um, there was Star Wars and or episode four that came out. Um, I, I believe you haven't seen it yet. No, I haven't. So I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to talk about it. So you like, you know, fuck you. Um, All good. <laughs> essentially what it, the episode was really good. Yeah. Like I'm going to talk to you as somebody who hasn't seen this yet. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say spoilers. So like there's that, yeah. that like you, it, but it's not like that crazy spoilers, I guess. It'll just be something that you'll look out for and it'll just make the experience better in my opinion. Yeah. So you have, uh, you have, uh, uh, Cassian and I believe his name is Luxon, the, the, the older guy that comes to get him and helps him off yeah. the planet. They pull up on, on like another planet and you start to get this, uh, thing where they're doing a heist of some sort, mm-hmm. but he's not like Luxon isn't really involved in the sense of like, he's the leader. He's more in the background pulling the strings. So like there's these this group of people that are playing the heist don't even know about Luxon. The only people that know about oh. Luxon are Cassian and the lead the the figurative leader of the heist, which yeah. Luxon has to talk to this girl, and she's pissed off that like you know he's bringing Cassian in on like a three day notice, like right before they're about to do whatever they're about to do. They're like yeah. yo, like that's that's like you're pulling him up like right before about to do it. Like what's going on? And they're like pissed off and like. They bring him to the group and, uh, you know, even the group's like cheesed about it. They're like, yo, with three days, like blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yo, like she's like trying to explain it in the sense that like she always had the plan of bringing Cassian on mm-hmm. because, you know, she has to make up a story. So, yeah. Like, but she wasn't sure if Cassian would make it because of uh, whatever he was doing and whatnot. But then the, that was interesting because we kind of get to see this like group of like rebels in a sense and like how like rough it is for them to like live and like how like how much fear that they live in but at the same time they're like working for the better it gets really political and this is where like i enjoyed this episode like crazy because like i believe the last time star wars really got political was uh revenge of the sith episode three when you had like Palpatine pulling these political strings in the background and then becoming the chancellor. Yeah. Or the emperor, I guess. So this was like, I can't remember any other time since then where it had been like political, political, like we're talking about like political warfare happening. Like yeah. people, people playing mind games. So like we get introduced to this girl uh, who is like a political leader and this is on Coruscant, by the way. And Luxon goes to Coruscant. And, like, he gets into, like, his disguise. Mm-hmm. And he goes to, like, his, like, shop, I guess. Like, his hobby shop where, like, he collect like, a lot of collector's items and stuff. And this girl pulls up. She's a political leader that's, like, working with Luxon. And, um, you know, they're, like, the part of, the I guess, like, the rebel faction. And her she, she literally says that she feels like she's under siege because, like, a lot of people around her are being replaced. Yeah. By like, like, you know, Imperials or like the Empire, like her drivers, like, you know, like spying got replaced and I was like spying on her. So like they had to like distract the driver before they could even have a conversation. Mm -hmm. And like, this is where it gets crazy, bro. In the background 
of this like hobby shop like whatever luxon has this guy has some fucking gold bro so there's yeah. you notice that there's a jedi and a sith uh like holocron holocron i believe uh which is just like it's like information that like gets hold uh in like a box or whatever and like, yeah. you can get like information whether, whether it's like training or, or whatever like just like good information like it's crazy because it's like sith holocrons there like i think yeah. i can understand the jedi one because he's on coruscant and that's where the temple was mm-hmm. there's a sith holocron there oh shit and like this is in the time of the empire like empire like mm-hmm. like darth vader and darth sidious are a thing yeah which is like crazy to me that he just has it sitting there and then the biggest like easter egg that they showed yo so there's a game called star wars the force awakens yeah i believe which they i guess recently or relatively recently disney said that it's not canon anymore oh yeah and um but what's crazy is so there's a character in it darth vader's apprentice his name's star killer and star killer ends up wearing armor when he becomes Darth Starkiller. Mm-hmm. And in the background, you see Starkiller's armor. No way. Yeah. And bro, this guy, Starkiller, by the way, OP as fuck. Like, I mean, it's in his name, remember, bro. Remember, remember how uh, in Kenobi, we see Vader holding the, sh- like, the ship down and rips oh, yeah. it down? Yo, Starkiller yeah. was doing that with Starkillers. Like those big, Damn. massive ships. Damn yeah so like this dude was op and like star killer was said to be what uh luke would have been had he trained with vader holy yeah like it it was this massive just easter egg in the background i saw it and i was like what the fuck am i looking at because they just said it was not canon like not canon yeah so like it was it just like a quick fan service thing like let's throw it back there like people that notice notice or a star killer now canon no, is Vader training the Star? Because like Jigod was saying in the uh, deleted one, it's like, what if Star Killer is a thing, and he actually gets the armor from like this hobby shop, and grabs the Sith uh, holocron? Yeah, but, you know, they did say it was not canon, so it's just like made like head cannons or theorizing like crazy. Yeah, but like that was insane to me that you see in the background, and then just like on on a continuous note of. Uh, the, like the political warfare that's happening this like lady's husband when she gets back to the house he set up up like a like a, a dinner a dinner party yeah and so like a bunch of political leaders and when you see the list that like is for the dinner there's a noted name there and, and, like there was a person that had been work like you see him i think in like episode three for sure uh, of uh like star wars the Re- revenge of the sith there's a person yeah. that had been working with Palpatine this whole time that had like known all of Palpatine's plans. Oh shit. That like he was a Sith, like he was uh trying to become the emperor, blah blah blah. Like they'd worked yeah. with him and known that he was like gonna like his plan, like completely. Mm-hmm. And their name is on the dinner party like list. Which is crazy. Yeah. Like that's such a notable name because it's somebody that has been working with Palpatine. Like, to become the emperor. Yeah. Like, that's, like, dude. 
what wow. like the amount of like like crazy stuff that we're getting right now in terms of like political aspects and like easter eggs and stuff is crazy like th- this this episode really lived up to like the build up that episode one two and three like had and like i'm i'm really happy that we're seeing like this uh political side of star wars it adds yeah. so much lore and everything to it i'm excited to watch the episode now you you watch it like when you when they're in the shop like you'll yeah. like listen to what they're saying to but like what like watch the background bro oh, cuz you'll sure. see a lot of stuff in the background like easter eggs and stuff but yeah i mean that was kind of the events of this week uh mm-hmm. we had to re-record this episode for the second time which is you know sucks, very demotivating it, it sucked yeah. it definitely sucked but where you So if i sound sad that's why <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you know we're here i felt like we still were able to keep a pretty good conversation and discussion regardless of the fact that we already had one yeah but yeah i mean thank you guys for listening to our 10th episode yeah 10th episode that's a that's a milestone right there 10 that 10 is episodes. look at us uh, yeah. thank you thank you guys for listening uh follow our twitter uh, tweet at us, get throw some engagement at you know, DM whatever yeah. it is. It's at Saiyan Society. Uh, it's also in the description of our podcast page, so you guys can check that out. Yeah, that's the best way for us to get feedback because you can't really comment on like you know yeah. a podcast that you're listening to. But if you tweet at us, then we can get feedback and like look at what to improve on. Yeah, uh, we will have a YouTube episode coming out in the next 10, 10, maybe, yeah, about 10 days. 10 days, yeah. So look out for that. We'll definitely shout it out here. So for like, you know, the people that are just like on Spotify, Apple, Google, whatever it is, where you listen to your podcasts, uh, you know, go check that out. Yeah, you can finally see our faces. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Peace.